What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Planet Creative Podcast. Been super excited to get this episode done. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while. Today, we got Peyton Sorcy. He's a lawyer or an aspiring lawyer. He's in <laughs> law school right now. But uh, yeah, tell him about yourself. Uh, what's up, guys? Uh, Peyton Sorcy, like Aiden said, uh, I go to Syracuse uh, Law School up in Syracuse, New York. Uh, I went to uh, SUNY Albany for undergrad um, from Hyde Park. Uh, like Aiden so uh yeah I'm just uh, I'm really into like uh government type of work public interest type of work um it encompasses a lot and probably get into that later but yeah so that's uh that's where I'm at right now so you said just now that like you're looking into governmental work things like yeah. that but recently we were texting you said you have a lawyer at like a sports agency or something like that right so what's the deal with that yeah so um so like I think like the overarching theme of the like I don't know exactly like what I want to go into specifically yet but um the overarching theme is kind of just like giving back to people you know I recognize my privilege you know uh just how fortunate I am just for being who I am and you know in 2020 in America um looking the way I do being raised in a family that I've been raised in so in any way you know I can give back I'd love to do that um in the sports avenue I know we both grew up you know playing a lot of sports um follow sports still obviously huge fan of the Steelers Knicks Yankees but uh so like the sports agency route like a lot of people think of sports agency as like we're gonna sit down we're gonna you know negotiate you know um Juju Smith's contract right like we're Mm -hmm. gonna we're gonna work his fifth year out type of thing but it's not necessarily all that like if you just saw um he paid he paid like $25,000 worth of layaway um like Christmas presents like in Pittsburgh and stuff like that. And then he paid, he paid like something else. So like, it's like a guy like that doesn't have a schedule where he can just like schedule these things. Like he's, you know, practicing, working out, studying his playbook, studying the scheme. So people on the back end have to do things like that. Like people, people are going to like sports agents are going to set up, um, you know, like Kyrie has like a basketball camp every year, mm-hmm. like things like that to really like give back to the community. I'm really into so some something along those lines. So like uh, as a sports agent like are you always a lawyer? Like are all agents lawyers? Uh no, actually. So uh 70 I think like 70 to 80% have a law degree. Um but like you don't have to necessarily like pass the bar or anything. You have okay. to pass like a sports agency like bar for the sports agency. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like the actual bar. Nah, it's yeah, a little it's not different. Yeah. So is that the route you want to go kind of in the sports world? Cause obviously, like you said, we've played sports, both yeah. of us, our whole lives. Um, or, you know, like you mentioned earlier, would you rather take it more towards like the governmental route or like the criminal system route, something yeah. like that? Or like even my mom does corporate, like, yeah. Um, so, I mean, something that I've learned is like learning what you don't want to do is just as if not more important than learning what you do want to do. A key, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I wanted to be finance so bad and just kept failing in that class. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. Exactly. So like I said, I mean, like I have like an overarching theme of what I do want to do uh, based on my experiences and things like that. We probably get into a little later, but um, I know I don't want to get into corporate. Like I, I think in my opinion, it, like I couldn't sit at a desk all day and, um, you know, work for, I don't know, a big, you know, big yeah, I, I can, I can tell you from seeing my mom too. It's not, yeah. it doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. Like she tells me all the time things like, 
Uh, sometimes I wish I went with a firm instead of, of this just because, yeah. you know, got to deal with a lot yeah. as a corporate yeah. lawyer. That's all I'm going to say. Exactly. We could talk off air a little more yeah. about that, but she's got to deal with yeah. a lot. Yeah, that, I mean, like, I've the, the only way I would justify it is like, like, I don't have that many loans, but I know a lot of like some people have a lot of loans. And if you graduate at the top of your class in law school, um, you can, you know, go to a big firm and you know, those salaries are very lucrative right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So like some people say in my position, I want to go into like public interest or government type of work. Like they'll go to a big firm for like three, four years, get that lucrative salary, pay off their loans and then, you know, kind of do what they want to do. Oh, that's actually cool. Yeah. yeah. But you got to work. I'm sure you got to work like a dog though. Oh yeah. Firms. Cause I mean, so my girlfriend's uh, brother, his girlfriend, is a, a lawyer in dc right now for some firm and i mean they were home at uh in danbury during you know covid and like you would walk in there he's a finance he's a finance guy so both of them they'd be working like 12 hours you know we'd be at the dinner table yeah. and they'd have like two phones out and they'd be like oh i gotta answer yeah. this i gotta go like yeah. my girl's mom was like yeah she's been working till like six in the morning every fucking night like, Birth- birthdays christmas anything like you're it doesn't matter on call so it's crazy it's tough yeah so that's that's not appealing to me i mean like i said i mean like my overarching theme um and going to albany for undergrad i was really fortunate um being in the state capital um to work both in the uh state uh legislature uh, and work in dc and do a little work uh back home as well so uh you know just really fortunate in that sense um kind of really uh instilled my trajectory, I guess you could say, is where I want to go. Yeah. So what? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about like your experience, your time in DC, or then you were also working for. Uh, weren't you doing helping with a campaign or something? Yeah. So I did a couple different things. Um, my sophomore year of undergrad, I. Uh, it was funny, like you know, like the classic saying, like right place, right time, running into people type of thing. So my uh, my roommate Adam in undergrad, shout out to Adam if he's watching this. Uh, he uh, he had like a fraternity brother. And uh, he worked uh, for Governor Cuomo in D.C. And uh, I was a sophomore. Like, I really had no idea, like, what I was doing. Uh, you know, I ran into this kid and I applied to um, this program that Albany offered called the uh, Semester in Washington. And basically, you know, you you apply to this program and then from that program, uh, you apply to jobs down in D.C. So you're not necessarily guaranteed a job, mm. um, but you know, you get to the program and then a door opens and they advise you on different things. So, um, I applied to some places. I actually was accepted to, um, Joseph Crowley's office in Congress. Do you know who that is? No. He's, uh, the congressman from New York's, uh, 14th district who lost to AOC actually. Oh, okay. So yeah. So he was like the third in line in, uh, the democratic party at the time. He was like the big Irish guy. Uh, like he would like sing in the hallways and stuff in Congress. <laughs> it's funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I accepted it actually, and then I ran into um, uh, my roommate Adam's uh, fraternity brother, and he told me he worked for Governor Cuomo in D.C. And I was confused. I was like, Governor Cuomo, he's a, a state governor of New York. Why right. is he in a D.C. office? Um, and he explained it to me basically. Um, we're kind of like, we are kind of like the liaison between like the federal and state government. So like mm. Capitol Hill's right here and like, we are kind of like on the slope. <laughs> it's Capitol yeah. Hill. I like to explain it. Um, so like I'd attend meetings. So I ended up actually, uh, withdrawing my acceptance from the congressman's office. I applied to Cuomo's, 
uh got really lucky uh got through some interviews and ended up working there for the semester um it was awesome like i uh i did so much i mean i went to hearings on capitol hill um with like Mark Zuckerberg when Facebook you were at that yeah hearing. yeah I was there like the the infamous like sipping water yeah, like a yeah, tweaker yeah, yeah oh my god I was at the uh I was at the uh what's it called um uh on a more serious note after um uh Parkland Florida they had uh after the mass shooting they had uh teachers parents mm-hmm. um I think like FBI agents uh they were like questioning you know you had like you know uh Jeff Flake Kamala Harris Cory Booker um diane feinstein they're all on this uh senate like i think it was like the judiciary or intelligence committee and they're all questioning these people and it's right in front of me it was it was a it was crazy honestly it was it was awesome it was one of the best experiences yeah because that's like seeing people that like you know exist but it's like when you see them in person it's kind of like a whole new level because it's like you only see them through a screen ever and then you're like you were sitting in the room with them like that's got to be crazy i mean i've haven't met many famous people but nobody on like the level of some crazy politician like any of the people you named yeah yeah really fortunate um do you have conversations with any of them um let me see um down there i met a couple like local congressmen that were like uh like uh albany graduates from like down like long on long island and stuff like that but not really um but that that experience was great i mean like the thing I learned most down there was that like networking is huge number one but also like I said before like finding out what you don't like is so important because like I didn't know what I liked and then I went down there and like I was really fortunate my boss had me look over a bunch of different things um whether it was like housing like like not a lot of people know but actually uh Governor Cuomo was the secretary of uh HUD under Bill Clinton for like two or three years. So that's uh, housing and urban development. Mm-hmm. So like I would look over like housing stuff in New York and like how federal policy would affect New York policy. And then I would look over environmental stuff. And then I would look over, you know, food stamps. And I would look over um, like criminal justice reform and DACA at the time and things like that. So kind of like feeling out things that you really do like and don't like, super important down there. Something I took away. Yeah. So besides besides that, what was what would you say was like the biggest learning experience for you while in D.C.? Let's see. Um, wow. I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, I know. You probably learned a shit ton. Yeah, I did learn a lot down there. <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, something that translated to um, something that translated to right now, I guess you could say, is uh, I learned really learned how to just manage my time uh, very well, like person on a personal basis. Mm. Um. I learned that like because uh, I was taking classes down there at the time and it was like it was just a lot like I was working all day I was taking classes all day and it, it was a lot uh, so just time management but also I mean like I know a lot of people have like this like uh, like bad outlook on like like politicians and people and don't get me wrong there are some people out there that don't do things the right way but like not all politicians and people in government are bad people a lot of them I think have good at their heart yeah they have the right intentions well i think something and this is if anybody watching who doesn't already know this about me huge conspiracy theorist guy here mm. like mm. i'm a huge conspiracy oh, theorist. Yeah. oh yeah that's sick. so like not like any of the not any of like the super crazy ones like i don't believe the earth is flat so okay. like let's not even go there yeah. but like for me it's kind of like i believe a lot of politicians go 
into Washington with the right thing in mind and in heart. But I feel like after years and years of being there, like they become corrupted. So like, for instance, like, yeah, maybe I don't know what year, you know, Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell got elected, but like they've been lifelong politicians. They're both what in their seventies now or Nancy's in her eighties. Yeah. Eighties. Like, like you can't tell me that after all that time, like nothing's gotten to them. Nothing. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is like, I truly believe a lot of people who go into politics have the best interests for the country and the people in mind. But I feel like once you get there, sometimes it's hard to not get corrupted because i mean you look at some of these people i mean what's a congressman's salary like 160 yeah and then half of these people are in congress for for whatever a term and they come out millionaires somehow you're like "Mm, something's going on here (laughs) in my opinion uh like it's like the influence of k street like k street is like a infamous street in dc that's all uh lobbying lobbying firms Mm. and uh that that kind of can lead me to uh my second uh experience i got really lucky to uh work in the so i worked down uh in dc for like federal kind of stuff and then uh i got lucky to work up in albany for um the senate new york state senate deputy majority leader his name is michael gianaris uh he represents so like ours is uh like our state senator sue serino like a lot of people mm. know um back home in in hyde park um and uh this guy represents um uh, like Astoria, Queens, Long Island City, um, Sunnyside, Woodside, all these different things down in Queens. So I've actually never been, which is pretty, uh, it was pretty ironic. I mean, I got paired with this guy, really awesome guy, and, yeah. uh, you know, got to go down there. And uh, so saying is like, I, as like in the Cuomo internship, I was very like behind the scenes, like research, like writing memos, whereas for the senator in uh, Albany, I was taking meetings for this guy. I was, you know, I was on the floor with mm. him during debate. I was providing different materials. So I was a lot more hands-on. And I'll tell you, like, money and politics and lobbyists are a very um, big part and a big problem. Yeah, that, that I guess, yeah. If I, if I were to say it's not necessarily the politics. Well, it is their fault. But, like, at the same time, there are these crazy influences where mm. it's like, you know, I've never been in the situation yeah. where a fucking lobbyist groups come to me and been like, hey, man, we'll wire transfer you 500K if you just put this in the next bill. So, like, I don't know how I would react, but, like, you never know. It's tough. but um, You never know what other strings are being pulled, you yeah. know, if there's, you know, blackmail. I mean, now with the shit with Epstein coming yeah. out, we see yeah. truly how many of these people were being blackmailed. Dude, like, yeah. even if they were on, you know... I don't know why anybody would go to that island and not partake in some wild illegal yeah. antics. But if some of these stories are true where they never did anything yeah. at the same time, like just being in that flight log Crazy. is like blackmail enough because that can be manipulated. Crazy. You know, say some yeah. of these people like who was on there wasn't like Chris Rock or someone like that I'm on not, there. I'm not sure. There's There's been some like like lists that have been thrown out there by like some crazy like extremist groups that are QAnon. Like, yeah dude don't get that's ridiculous dude don't get me started on that they are the craziest dude, people i think the I've worst ever seen. people the worst people i don't even want to give them any attention the worst like, people you saw that trump speech he had a pin on and there was a hidden message behind the pin so and they throw these like random math equations dude don't get me started that's so stupid i'm sorry but anyway no stupid that's why i'm laughing yeah, dude. No, because that shit is ridiculous yeah, it's so it's ridiculous 
but uh yeah so like i was saying uh working for this guy was great um honestly one of the most genuine down-to-earth people um like i've ever had the privilege of working for um you know grew up in a working class family uh uh uh, astoria has the second um highest speaking uh greek population outside of greece uh in the whole world yeah so it's very diverse culture down there um he's a great guy uh senator gianaris he uh he uh went to like harvard law school graduated with obama um like walked into his office one day and this guy had like a christmas card from obama chilling there i was like that's that's pretty that is kind of dope yeah Yeah, but uh great guy um really in it for the right reasons in my opinion uh two things that really stuck out while working for him was uh one was he uh he was like the champion of this bill uh new york it was pretty controversial which shouldn't be that controversial in my opinion but some people like to twist it um like eliminated cash bail for some uh crimes in new york uh they passed it um which was interesting it's all about like khalif browder like have you like followed that story at all I don't follow the story really, but I know the name. It's like he was, um, he stole like a backpack and his bail is like very small. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know what you're yeah. talking about now. And he was on Rikers Island, you know, for like a year just on bail for like a hundred dollars. And then bail. didn't he end up like killing himself? Yeah. yeah. So he did a lot of, my senator did a lot of work with, uh, that and, you know, small petty crimes where people, my opinion, just, it, it, basically the bail system works where you shouldn't have to pay. it works as you shouldn't have to pay for your freedom you're innocent until proven guilty you're not guilty until proven innocent and it works mm. where rich people or people with money can afford to just go out on the streets and you look at like actual research like one night in jail increases your chances of like recidivism by like threefold fourfold one night in jail of just like being held in there on a hundred dollar bail like your like your chance of like sexual assault like skyrocket and things like that so just touching like they, they've done studies where like just touching the criminal justice system like that increases all these different chances and basically you know like like let's let's invest in better ways to you know rehabilitate these people let's not hold them in jail this guy was held in there for a year because yeah, well, he couldn't afford a hundred dollars yeah it's kind of like one of the problems I, I see with the criminal justice system is instead of like instead of like trying to rehabilitate these people you're basically just like setting people up for failure for the rest of their lives and I mean I get it yeah there's like you could take GED classes you could read books and all this other stuff but like at the same time if you look at prisons around the world like I, I can't remember if it's like Sweden or Switzerland or one of them but they have like one of the lowest recidivism rates and they treat them like I mean, these guys are basically in, like, a hotel is what it looks like. And, look, I'm not saying that, like, rapists or mass murderers should get that kind of treatment. But, like, if you get picked up dealing on the corner, like, most, you know, probably I'd say eight or nine out of ten people who are dealing on the corner in a major city probably don't want to be doing that. Like, they would much rather be doing something else, but it's also, you know, some people don't have the means. I mean, yeah, like... Anybody can flip their life around, but at the same time, like some people start a little further ahead or, or base, behind, I mean, base, or some yeah. people start with some roadblocks in the way when trying to get their life together. And it's just, I, I don't know. The One of my biggest things is the criminal justice system when yeah. it comes to law, because there's just so many flaws yeah. and so many, like whether it's the 
privatization of prisons or mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff that to the point where it's kind of like college where instead of being something to benefit people or help them change their lives or you know anything like that it's just a business at this yeah. point and yeah. like not to compare college and the criminal justice system but they both have just become big business in yeah. this country just as much as a fucking you know bank is yeah. or well, anything a walmart yeah. like dude like in the united states there are private prisons they have to keep a certain threshold of people like think about how backwards that is like why should we like it's like they want people in jail they do they (laughs) they make money they profit off of this so i don't know there's a lot of things um but like i said very fortunate to kind of be on the inside of all this stuff Mm. when you're on the inside you really see um how uh difficult some of these things are and you get a little more empathy for uh these people there are a lot of good people in there no i and i don't doubt it i don't doubt it you know and, and this is something i say look and I'm going to bring it back to AOC. I don't agree with a lot of shit AOC says. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I don't identify as Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. I think all their fucking shit just stinks. <laughs> and I don't agree with AOC on a lot of shit. But the one thing I will say that it really does seem about AOC compared to some of these other politicians is that like she at least does seem like she has the best interest whether what she thinks is going to be best for the country and the people is actually best mm-hmm. for the people is up to your debate and in, in, interpretation but at the end of the day she does seem like she cares i mean i've seen videos of her calling out all different congress people democrats and republicans yeah. being like oh you 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 don't take money from lobbying groups oh what's this then and like yeah. pulls out receipts yeah. like yeah. i remember this one video was yeah. like five minutes yeah. long of her just calling all yeah. these fuckers out She's savage. and it's just like that i have to respect you know yeah. and and it's just the everything's so divided and that yeah. kind of ties into my next question while you were I know, obviously, you're kind of a Democrat, yeah, right? definitely. And um, I lean very far left. Did you, you know, at, at your time in Washington or in some of these internships, did you meet anybody who was a Republican who you guys may not have agreed on shit, but, like, you could still discuss it. You could still talk about it because that's a problem in this country now. You look on Facebook. You look yeah. on so- social media. It's just a shitstorm of curse words, calling the other person an idiot just because they don't see your viewpoint, yeah. which I think is dumb. Because yeah. that just causes more discourse yeah. at the yeah. end of the day. Agreed. Um, there needs, to, yeah, like you said, there needs to be a lot of compromise. Um, I think like the the core at the core of you know finding people and actually sitting down and discussing these things is coming just from a very objective standpoint and realizing that, excuse me, um, everyone's view on these things are shaped by so many different factors, you know, where they grow up, you know, what their parents preached, what, um, you know, like what they, what news channel do you watch? All these different things influence their perspective on how they view things. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely had, um, some constructive, I've, I've had constructive conversations with people, um, definitely in DC, in, in the New York state Senate. Um, I mean, even if you look at like, speaking of AOC, she has a bill with, um, Ted Cruz actually, like, He's in the Senate, she's in the House, but they have a co-sponsored bill that would put term limits on members of Congress. I didn't know that. Yeah. Ted Cruz so and AOC are Cruz teaming up. On a bill to <laughs> put term limits on people in Congress, which is like, these are commonsensical things. Like, why should Nancy Pelosi be in Congress for, you know, 30 years? Like, why? We're, we don't, we, we should, we should encourage people, in my opinion, 
of the background of AOC who were bartenders who she pays her interns. Not a lot of people pay their interns. She pays really. She pays her interns, which is that's like huge. not a common thing. No, in, not in at all. The not, political world. Oh, not at all. Not at all. In DC, I was completely unpaid. My one roommate actually, he uh, <laughs> we joked. He uh, his grocery list every week would be a loaf of bread, rotisserie chicken, a jar of peanut butter, and then he would find different dinners that he could like get for free at the Capitol because, dude, you're working for yeah. nothing. Um. And again, that kind of uh, reestablishes a, a cycle of, you know, oh, so so say I come from a family who I, you know, my family can afford to house me. Right. They can pay for my food. They can pay for me to go out and network and do this and that. And then, you know, I'm getting this internship. I'm getting all these connections. And then I'm going to get that yeah, job. Like and my kids. not necessarily kid, a level playing yeah, field. Yeah, it's cyclical. You know if what you I mean? Have, if you have more money, you're obviously could be more likely to get that internship exactly. just because you can afford to exactly. not be paid for a summer. Yeah, exactly. Which, like, I understand as well. I've done internships yeah. not being paid. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I was fortunate enough, like you said, to mm-hmm. have parents who would help me. Yeah, exactly. Which, again, and look, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, at the end of the day, I hope one day I can make enough yeah. money to help my kids. I'm sure you feel the same way. For sure. But it's just wrong that, like, it could limit somebody's yeah. livelihood or oh, future in a sense because, you know, a kid could get that internship and mm-hmm. be like, well, fuck, I can't afford to yeah. live in D.C. and yeah. pay for food and yeah. work a job and yeah. go to fucking law school yeah. and yeah. whatever else you got to <laughs> yeah. do. Like, Dude, it's, it's, I, to me, it's all about just, you know, just like checking yourself sometimes and like like i remind myself all the time like there are people no doubt 100 times more qualified than me 100 times brighter more hard working everything and i just so happen to be very 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 fortunate to be where i am mm-hmm. and with that being said the least i can do is try to you know give back and no help I, some people out I get that so. i get that cuz you know and i've talked about it on the podcast before i that's why I got into marketing. I mean, yeah, I sucked at finance and math, but at the end of the day, I also didn't like within my finance classes, everyone was kind of every man for themselves. Whereas like when I got into marketing, everything was team-based, everything. And like now I like what I do with small businesses in the Danbury and Connecticut, New York area, because it's like, I'm actually helping their business. Yeah. I'm helping them. Yeah. Like I'm giving something back to the community I lived in or where yeah. I once lived. If I have a client in New York yeah. and I just think, that's something that's cool and it's like you said like you get to give back and i don't know it's just people are acting have been acting fucking crazy this past year dude it's, it's weird to see like yeah, it's man. very fucking weird to see yeah, yeah. and like you said the like you said before like everything's based on what news channel you watch this and that and then i think a big thing and you know i kind of want to talk about this now that i just learned you were at the zuckerberg trials um so how big of an impact social media has on this yeah because you know, and people like to blame the algorithm and they like to blame Facebook. But at the end of the day, like as a marketing person, as somebody who understands social media and I'm not going to say I understand the algorithm because I don't even think the people who code the algorithm understand the <laughs> fucking algorithm. But the shit you see on your Facebook feed that you're getting mad about and leaving Facebook for Prager or Parler, whatever that fucking app is, um, you're the reason that shit's popping up on your Facebook feed. And Yes, you know, it is somewhat of Facebook's fault, but also it's sending you the shit that makes you mad and the shit from the left or vice versa or the shit from the right if you're a leftist because that is what gets you to like, comment, 
get into arguments, share. Like if you didn't share that stuff, if you didn't like that stuff, that wouldn't pop up on your feed. I mean, do an experiment on YouTube or Facebook and just search puppies and only like <laughs> videos of puppies. And guess what? Every time you go on that social media app, all you're going to have is fucking puppies. <laughs> it is what you do on, on, on it all. Twitter is a little different because, you know, you get a lot of retweets and shit like that from other yeah. people. But Facebook and Instagram like that is, you know, as much as they have as much as they are responsible for the discourse, I don't think Americans realize how responsible they are for the discourse as well, yeah. because they're the ones reacting to yeah. these posts. Yeah. And social media plays a huge impact because you can fucking find whatever. Like, yeah. what was that video during COVID? Uh, the beginning of COVID, probably around like May, it came out with that woman who was calling out Fauci, and then it turned out that she was a complete fucking lunatic. Yeah, she was from like she, what was a pandemic. Was that? Yeah, what, yeah, it was called pandemic. She, she was some like random lady from. Is she from a different country? I don't know. Like, no, she so was from here, I think. Yeah, well, she like she, she works with Fauci in like France or something on like yeah. an AIDS vaccine. Yeah, or, yeah. Or she says she did. Who yeah. the fuck knows? Completely like non credible. Well, like that's like, the thing yeah. with social media now yeah. is like you can find whatever the fuck you want. And now with that yeah. app that I just said, is it no Prager's that yeah. online school if you want to fucking call it that? Parlor is the app I think, and that's yeah. just like. One, you're just making it worse by going into your own little echo chamber of. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's for people on the right. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not really familiar with it. Honestly. It's like a everybody has been leaving Facebook. Oh, a lot really? of people from the right have been leaving Facebook to this app called Parlor, and interesting. I mean, you're you're putting yourself in your own echo chamber yeah. now because yeah. you don't like that somebody else is sharing something on Facebook that mm -hmm. you don't agree with, and that's just crazy to me, and it just causes more discourse and like you said at the zuckerberg trials i, I want to hear your take on you know social media's role on not only giving people false information but also putting them in their own echo chamber where they only hear their own ideas or yeah. just causing more discourse yeah i mean well have you seen uh the social dilemma on netflix yeah, yeah. i mean it gets at the heart of this i guess you could say um i think you know you're right. I mean, social media uh, plays a very important role, uh, like very, very important, you know, in all of this. Um, like you said, I mean, you look up puppies, you're going to get puppies on your Instagram feed. You're going to get an ad for lo literally local puppies, like based on where you are and what you look up. Um, I think it's important, though, like you said, to uh, really engage and not just be uh, so narrow minded in uh, things that you look up like. I was uh I was actually listening to the other day I was listening to uh I was listening to Bernie's podcast on Joe Rogan and then right after I was listening to Ben Shapiro's. So like if you you get a little bit of both, I think it's really important because once you start going down this narrow path of um you know, like solidifying your own ideas, um it's just dangerous because you you, you know, you're just confirming them, confirming yeah. them, confirming these truths. Um but with that said, too, like as a lawyer, like as a possible future lawyer, something I've learned in law school is like the best, uh, the best like defense attorney is like the best prosecutor. So like if you know what the other side is going like their strategy, then you're going to be able to come up with an even better strategy. So like knowing both sides is very mm. important. Right. Like what I'm going right. to but not, and I also think knowing both sides is important not only for like a an offensive or a debate reason, but I also think it's important because you know 
it helps you to understand other people because something, you know, while talking to my brother a lot over this pandemic and with the election and everything, like something that he kept saying, and I think it's just so true is that you may have this idea in your head based off of your political party that this is what's best for everybody, Mm -hmm. but what you see as best for everybody is it actually best for everybody? And if it is best for everybody, is everybody really going to have access to that? Is it actually going to be best for everybody like you think? Because chances are there's going to be some people who it's yeah. not best for, who yeah. it's going to go against. There's going to be some people who are pissed off by it. And like at the end of the day, like these issues are so complex yeah. that arguing about it over fucking Facebook <laughs> is not going to solve anything. <laughs> Just nah. saying like, I yeah, agree. like. Uh, no matter what, there's always going to be some sort of cause and effect. You put one bill in place. Well, now you need a other, another bill in place to compensate for what that bill is lacking mm-hmm. or for what that bill is taking away from. It's so complex. Like, there's no one answer. There's no one bill. No. There's no one argument that anybody can make. So, I don't I th- know. Maybe we work together a bit here. Like- I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I, I definitely agree that there, there needs to be more working together. However, I would say that like, there are some things personally that I like, can't really budge on whether it's like, like, just like, in my opinion, like politics has gotten so murky where like, like the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. But, no, <laughs> but like, like how like how can like basic like human rights like actually be like poli- like how can that those be tied into politics? How can no, healthcare be tied that. into politics? Like healthcare po- like like human rights things like that like should not be like tied into politics. Like a woman's right in my opinion should not be tied into politics. Like even like marijuana like marijuana is a schedule 1 drug right now like still on the federal level. Like how absurd is that? Like cocaine is a schedule two drug. They're saying the federal the federal government thinks that marijuana and heroin are equal drugs according to them. They're both schedule one, where cocaine is a schedule two. Like how abs- like some of these things are no, like commonsensical. They are. You know and I, I, mean? I definitely think that there it is good to have some uh some hills to die on. Yeah. I guess yeah. you could say. And I, I think it is, but the other thing is if you have a hill to die on Make sure you know what the fuck you're talking yeah, about. Like, yeah. don't be trying to spew. Like, yeah. I I think it was Candace Owens was on Joe Rogan, like, <laughs> spewing some nonsense yeah. about global warming. Uh, and then was like, well, this isn't my hill to die on. And Joe Rogan's like, okay, so why are you talking about it for fucking 10 minutes? I saw that like, one. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I saw that. I saw that episode, actually. Like, and no, I agree with you. There yeah. are some things that I don't think, like, you know, you don't have to budge on everything. But at the end of the day, like, I think you know you can still work with somebody else to find a common ground because that you know like you said from your experience most people in washington are good people and they want to get good stuff done so it's like i'm sure they would be open to working together but like i don't know man it's just so so i i feel like it's so far gone at this point yeah. with all of the lobbyists and that may be like a cynical negative outlook but like with the lobbyists the corporate interests like all those things are like i mean i mean like let's be honest here why is marijuana probably a schedule 1 still probably cuz of big pharma that. like that like if we're being real i mean it started off in around the prohibition area as a as a racist thing yeah. but at this point why is it like that 
because probably big pharma and other companies that would lose money based on like think about hemp hemp wasn't legalized for mad long dude the two biggest lobbying industries opposing marijuana legalization right now alcohol tobacco why is that because their profits are going to go down hell yeah and good (laughs) everyone's addicted they like we almost like killed cigarette the cigarette industry our generation was almost the end of the cigarette industry and then they were like listen motherfuckers we got this sleek little usb drive that you could put some nicotine into now it's like i'm sitting there now it's like i mean i use a jewel now it's like the fucking thing disappears i'm like where the fuck is it where what's going on like you know like it's just Mm -hmm. it's all fucking it's all a game at the expense of us and it sucks and like you know i know like I said, I don't identify as right or left. I know there's things that we don't agree on because we. I text you about shit yeah, because yeah. what one, even if it's something I know that we're not gonna have the same opinion mm-hmm. on, I text you about yeah. it because you're intelligent. I know we're not gonna argue about it. We can both have a conversation, yeah. Yeah. and at the end of the day, like I learn stuff from you. I don't know if you learn shit from I me. Do. I'm of a course, fucking, dude. I'm, a, I learned, I, I'm not. Dude, I'm not gonna sit here and be yeah, like I, mean, I know everything about the yeah, government. Like, I learn things about from. You I'd like to say like. Probably like, I don't know, just a chimp in a sense who's nah. interested in a few things. Nah. And like, yeah. I like to talk to people about yeah. it. And yeah. I like to get, it's like, you know, I text my dad about it, even though he's, I don't want to call him conservative, but he's more leaning, right leaning. Yeah. And I'll text him about things that I know I he, we won't agree with because mm-hmm. I would just like to hear his yeah. opinion. And at the end of the day, like, you're going to find fucking common ground. You're going to yeah. like, I bet if you sat fucking Ben Shapiro and Bernie Sanders down <laughs> in the Joe Rogan podcast. I bet you there'd be two or three things where yeah. they'd be like, "No, I agree with you on that. Yeah. I get that." Yeah. Like, yeah, I think you know something. Um, something that you know, I, I think from the outside looking in. So like, I'm in law school. Like, I'm a one L right now. Like, it's my. I just got my first semester done, and like one thing that like like from an outsider looking in to law school. Like, I think it's easy to kind of think of, like, politics and law, like, as very similar. But, like, I've come to learn that they're really not. Like, Mm. my classes were literally, like, civil procedure, which is, like, how to file and, like, when to file documents and motions in the courtroom. Uh, Contracts, which is contracts. Yeah. Real estate, all that. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. Um, What what else? Torts. So, like, torts are, like like wrong like assault battery negligence things like that um and then i had like a legal writing class and i'll take like property and crim law constitutional law things like that next semester but like one thing it's taught me is where it does actually intersect with like politics which i found helpful is that like you need to be as objective as possible you need to take any emotion out of it and really see from the other person's Mm -hmm. side like you can't like you can't if you're going to be a lawyer and argue a case on behalf of your client and you're going to be emotional and um not like see the other person's side your strategy is garbage basically at that point you need to be able to analyze both sides you need to be able to take your emotion out of it and really step back and look at the bigger picture and i think if you can apply that same mindset to politics or life life anything <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's important you know so that's no, that, yeah. yeah i mean and so i mean are all these people in washington lawyers i mean look obviously aoc isn't a fucking lawyer yeah go to law so school. there's probably some few outliers there yeah so i mean 
there's a lot a lot of people have jds a lot of people did go to law school um uh i mean like you look at there there are some outliers i mean like uh the astronaut just got elected in uh arizona oh to the yeah, Senate. yeah, yeah. Uh, i did see that yeah like a football player like a, a guy down in texas got elected to congress he was like an ex-football player and stuff like that that makes sense yeah texas, <laughs> <like>. <laughs> so i mean yeah and i i think it's important you know to get um to get a variety because you know as much as i'd say like like don't get me wrong it's very important to have people like wouldn't it be great if we had engineers construction workers bartenders everything in there at the same t- i think that is great but at the same time like there are people that need to uh you know like write these bills and right i think yeah in, you can't just have fucking yeah like in law school football player possible like writing a fucking bill Antonio or like my dumbass i'm horrible at spelling like you have me write a bill like people are going to be reading and being like what the fuck yeah so i mean i think there's there's a place for that um however do i think that uh congress and politics and government is filled with too many lawyers yeah for sure um i i'm actually reading uh obama's uh book right now a promised land and uh something i think is important is uh like i don't know how much you know about like obama's like history before he like got into like politics or anything but like he uh he worked as like a community organizer at like a battered woman's shelter okay. in um yes. in chicago so like yeah, he was a lawyer. Like he graduated from Harvard Law. Like he he was a professor at like I think Chicago Law School. And like it's important. Like he had that, but he also had like real life hands on mm-hmm. experience in inner city Chicago. You know, he grew up you know in Hawaii, like in a working class family and things like that. So I mean, like having those like actual hands on opportunities, you know, combined with having a law degree, I think it's you know it's pretty yeah. important. You know, yeah, it's just like. I don't know. I mean, something, something, in my opinion, needs to change. Mm-hmm. But um, so like, is that is that your dream? Is that your end goal <laughs> to be into politics, or is it to do something else with you know? Is it to be a sport agent? Is it to, or you don't even really know yet, dude? I have no idea. Which is fine. I have absolutely no. It's idea. fine. I have, yeah. have a fucking marketing company and do a podcast, <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> dude, I like to take it day by day and uh. I think that's the best strategy, man. I think when you plan too much and you like, I'm sure you can agree. Like, bro, like you look back to like high school. I think I pictured myself maybe studying accounting in college. Bro, I thought I was going to be taping ankles as an athletic <laughs> trainer. Like, Dude. So like when you, when you plan these things out, man, like it never works out, mm. but that's, that's the beauty. And you take it day by day. You, you just keep going. And, uh, you know, learn, learn along the way. I think it's, I mean, I think it's dude, important. Man. Yeah, I definitely understand that. Three schools, three different majors. Yeah. Like, I yeah. went four different majors. First school, I was an athletic trainer major going in. First day of classes, I was like, fuck this. Yeah. I'm going to be a business major. Business major, left that school, went to Dutch Community College, was, uh, was a finance major there, but obviously, well, well, studying for a finance course once i got to four-year college then i went to westcon was finance did not like it like i said did not like it was every man for himself did not really like the teachers was just like this isn't for me then i was like hmm maybe i'll try law switch to law departments because i I had a really good teacher 
It was actually a great story. Wow, I just remembered this. <laughs> so my professor, because you had to take business law for oh, a business yeah, major. Yeah. So I was already in a law class, and I talked to my professor. He was like, yeah, switch. You can switch. And then, you know, if you want to be a lawyer, um, once a week we meet, and this is like a group of, you know, I basically – teach you guys how law school works and how to debate and reread cases. Yeah. It was at like seven in the morning before eight yeah. o'clock or six in the yeah. morning before eight o'clock classes started once a week. And he was like, you know, uh, everybody who gets through the pro who gets through it and graduates and stays with me the whole time. I write them a recommendation for law school. If you leave this program or if you leave the group and you still want to study law, he was like, I won't re write you a recommendation. The dude was young. He was okay. super fucking cool though. Okay. Uh, have you ever watched SVU? Uh, no, nah, actually. Oh, because he kind of looked like one uh, of the ADs oh, really? in SVU. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He kind of looked like one of the ADs. <laughs> um, and so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come. I go there and uh, he was like, oh, it's your first day in the class, in the group. Like, we're going to have you debate. And yeah. so the debate was, you're debating for, I'm debating that blue's a better color and that red's a bad color. And the other kid was debating that Damn. red's a good color and blue's a bad color. Wow. And I got so caught up listening to what the other kid was saying yeah. instead of thinking about uh -huh. what I was going to say. Yeah. That once he was like, all right, Aiden, go. It's your turn. I was just like, uh, <laughs> M &M, M &M I, was like I was listening to him. <laughs> and he was like, all right, all right. I'll give you 30 <laughs> seconds to think about something, right? And I open up like this. I'm like, all right. So we've all seen Avatar. <laughs> The last airbender. I was like, what color is the arrow on Aang's head? Blue. I was like, who's evil? The Fire Nation. What color are they? Red. <laughs> like, Dude, it's and all then I left it, bro, and I was like, yeah, I don't think this is for me bro. either. <laughs> bro, it's all about analogizing. I mean, Johnny Cochran, uh, you know, the famous uh, lawyer in the OJ case, you know, what did he say? The glove don't fit, you must acquit. Yo, like, did you ever see the theory that OJ's son did the murders and not OJ? Nah, I didn't actually. That's crazy. So, it's weird. It goes like, I actually, so I've read this theory before, but I actually just read something on it again this morning. Um, And so, his son had already, like, beaten and almost killed an ex-girlfriend. Um, They found a knife that fit the description in the dude, in his yeah. son's locker. Before OJ went on trial or yeah. before he was even, like, the main suspect, he paid for a, a high-end lawyer for his son. Jeez. Like, it was, like, this weird, like, dude, you got to look it up. That's Anybody crazy. listening, look it up because it's actually, yeah. like, I don't know if it's true. Like I said, big conspiracy guy yeah. over here. But it's just weird because, yeah. like, there's all these little instances where you're, like, hmm, could it have been possible? Because yeah. he had, like, a few assaults and, like, he beat his last yeah. ex-girlfriend. He tried to kill her. Like, like I said, there was a knife in some locker he had. There was some hat that was found on the scene. Yeah, there was a hat. Um, and the hat was a OJ's son. There's uh, pictures of OJ's son wearing that hat. That's crazy. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. But then again, OJ like tried to flee and shoot himself in a yeah, Bronco. Yeah, so he was like, mm, he yeah. kind of fucking made it look like, like he was guilty. That <laughs> I, I don't know if you saw, like, uh, I forget where, where I found it, but like, I don't know if it's even true. But like, apparently like OJ from like playing sports had like, really bad arthritis in his hands and have you seen the scene where like his lawyer johnny cochran's like 
the glove don't fit you must acquit and like he tells oj to like put the put the glove on from the scene and like oj like puts it on he's like he's just like struggling the whole time it won't come on Mm. apparently like he told oj like not to like take his arthritis meds for like a month before trial Mm. and his hands were all swollen so when he's like trying to put the glove on like usually it would have fit but like his hands were all swollen that thing like wouldn't pull down i heard there was something too with like there could have been something with like sugar pills or something oh. like that, because when you take some type of like sugar or something like mm. that in a capsule, because when you take it, it makes your fingers like a little bit thicker, like not yeah. to the eye, yeah. but like if you were to try to oh, put okay. something on, yeah. like it wouldn't fit. I don't, I don't know. know. I was man. like, so like I said, and like I've said multiple times on this podcast, my mom's a, a lawyer and she said that the prosecution botched the oj case she was like they never should have tried to put the fucking glove on him like she was like bringing up all these instances where she was like they fucked this case up like so bad yeah i mean like oj had a good defense team but like they really fucked it up i mean like that case is is crazy i mean if you look at like the time in america like the racial divide Mm -hmm. like oj is like literally like an icon in in the sports world Mm -hmm. so many people um the jury like where it took place all that i mean that's a whole nother that's what i was gonna say is like the jury though too there's no way with all the attention that that was getting that they could have not seen (laughs) anything to do with the case like that is wild to me yeah it's absurd but you know it is a fucking crazy case yeah that's interesting yeah it is an interesting case and i think it's uh I think it's always going to be, like, a pop culture yeah. moment and, like, a famous case. And then, like, you see the videos. Like, did you have you seen that video of OJ, like, playing a joke on some woman? And he, like, pops out from behind a door and he's, like, ah, Bro, he's ah, like making, like, stabbing dude, motions dude, at her. He, like. he dude, wrote, he wrote a book after, like, if I did if I, Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> dude, and then he was found, like, like in civil court. He was found guilty for, like, a wrongful death. Like, oh, my God, like, bro. He did it, but anyway. He was bold. Yeah, he was bold. That's dude. fucking bold. I yeah. forgot about the book. Yeah. That book is bold. Yeah, it's very bold, dude. But crazy stuff, man. It's it's interesting to say the least. So what's like uh you obviously have to read cases all the yeah. time, right? What's like the wildest case you've read that like maybe people don't know about? Let's see. Like, you know, it's not one that you learn in social studies in high school. Okay. Um well like a couple things like like that I learned that was pretty interesting was like uh like uh like assault like so like the difference between like battery and assault is like battery there needs to be uh like actual like uh like touching so like like what constitute what constitutes touching like intentional touching right so like it's basically like what would infringe on a reasonable person's expectations of bodily um like autonomy yeah so like if i were smoking a cigarette right now and i blew it in your face that smoke could count as touching and you could technically sue me for battery. And if you, you're, you Which, argued it, but how do you assault someone without touching them? All right. Well, no, it's, it's assault is, is simply the, um, infliction of like fear or, um, what's the word for it? Um, so assault could be like mental. It's mental. It's, it's all uh, mental. They call it like a touching of the that. mind. Yeah. So I didn't like, know that. I read a case where like this guy, um, all he did was he grabbed like a gun on his waist and he shook it at a guy and uh, the guy uh he had like mental stress from me he had therapy he went to he had to miss work and the guy who shook his gun for no apparent reason um actually like owed him a lot of damages for mental assault in that case so yeah there's there's a lot of things um like little nuances little nuances man it makes you really think it makes you dissect things well it's also weird too because like 
like I like I remember in that business law class, like everything and like our professor stressed this, like everything is all about like would a reasonable yeah. person yeah. believe this? Yeah. But then it's like my definition of reasonable yeah. could yeah. be different from your definition. So like that that's what was cool to see yeah. on the tests yeah. was like you could write something, he wouldn't agree with it, but like you'd still technically get the oh, question yeah. correct yeah. because you explained yourself. And it was mad yeah. funny. His tests, he would like put our names in it. So it'd be like, Aiden put out a flyer for this <laughs> and then for this deal. And then somebody came into his store and he said, nope, this deal doesn't count. And it was like, well, what is like, is the deal real? Is yeah. it? And it would yeah. be like, because yeah. there was some, I don't know, in business law, there was yeah, some weird thing law. like advertisements aren't. They're invitations. Yeah, they're that's not, what yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, advertisements are invitations. They're not offers. They're not offers. They're, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. it would be like, like a little. But he'd use like the students' names. <laughs> yeah. and it was mad funny. Yeah, that is funny. Uh, I had. Uh, I just got done with finals actually. And uh, do you know how like uh, like grading goes in law school? Fuck, fuck no, bro. Dude, what? It's crazy. So like basically, like not a lot of people know this, but like basically, so like in my class right there's 150 kids like mm -hmm. law schools are really small and they split you up into sections so like when you say class do you mean like your graduating class or uh, like like a fucking lecture okay hall? yeah so my graduating class okay and then they split you up into three so like uh like three classes of 50 people so like like lectures mm -hmm. of 50 people okay. right so you basically like my whole semester i'm not kidding i basically read like all day like all day, all night. And no, then, I believe like, it. That's the same shit my mom yeah, said. She would read. That's it. Yeah. Just fucking all day. Yeah, dude. Like, it's crazy. Like, I'm reading this Obama book right now, and I'm, like, analyzing it, like, looking for the rule and the holding and dissenting opinion. And I'm like, yo, like, I can just sit back and, like, leisurely read this. This is crazy. Like, what's <laughs> yeah, wrong with right now? <laughs> but uh, basically, so, like, you read all these cases. You're learning all these new, like, themes and, you know, theories and things like that. Um and you're preparing for class and like how they uh like how law school works is like i explain it to people like in undergrad like you know the teacher teacher asks a question what's five plus five raise your hand you say 10 in law school it's they go what's five plus five mr sorcy and then you say 10 and then they keep questioning you it can go it can go for one question two questions well, it can it go 10? for an hour <laughs> why is it 10 is that what it's like like <laughs> yeah why is it 10 well 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 could you look at it another way could it could it be this and uh i mean it, that's cool though because yeah. they're like making you think yeah, like, yeah it's not just like a fucking yeah. teacher being exactly. like nah you're wrong yeah fuck yeah. off <laughs> it, it, so like i like to think of it like like high like a lot of high school and college it's very like you know you regurgitate information and you know what's capital in new york albany it's it's not that. It's always, well, why? It's always explain more. And mm. then on top of that, so you're reading and you're, you know, you're preparing for class. It's, you know, a lot of people like think of law school as very competitive, which it can be. It doesn't have to be. But uh, law school is basically grade on a curve and you get one grade. So your grade is your final. That's it. That's, that's the only grade you get. So like, you know, in high school, college, you Are get. Are there like tests and shit? Nah, it's just your final. So everything leads up to your final it's crazy so you know high school you get 20 percent participation 20 percent uh quizzes 50 percent tests fuck participation homework, yeah you have no choice in law school i was always the dude who just like went to class minded my own business yeah, like we'd be you. in groups and the teacher would be like oh you know like what's fucking 
I don't know. What's the click through rate mean on email marketing? And like from my internship, I did email marketing. So I knew it. Mm. I'd like whisper it in my group and they'd be like, Aiden, like raise your fucking hand. Yeah. I'd be like, nah, like you could say it. I don't I really you. care. Like, I feel take, you. I feel you. Take my answer. Yeah, like it's you. cool. I feel like, you. It's, it's interesting. I mean, like, but it, it, like I, like I'm saying, like, damn, good thing I didn't go to law school because I'd be like, uh, leave me dude, alone. Dude, your whole, <laughs> your whole grade hinges on your final. And, not to mention, you're graded on a curve. So five kids have to get A's, five kids have to get D's and F's, and everyone else has to fall in between. And so, okay, in college, right, you get a 93, you're looking at like an A, A, A minus, right? In law school, that 93, <laughs> it might mean you have a B minus because 20 other people got 94s and 95s and 96s. So it's competitive. It's so weird. It, it's, yeah, it's tough. Um. But with all that said, you know, I, I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, you can get a passing grade and still fail. <laughs> I mean, is, is that like what you're saying? Technically, yeah. Dude, I'd be so mad. It's, it's like, oh, you stressful. got an 88, and it's like, sorry, that's an F. <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking wild out. Well, that's I'm why sort of you, ripping my textbooks in half. <laughs> dude, you hear like not I'm not saying this happens. Uh, like I've never seen it, but I've heard, dude. Like you'll hear of kids going in libraries at other like high high top tier schools and ripping pages out of textbooks or like sharing notes with people and changing like two or three words to make the like the definition of something completely wrong because they're competing. Dude, it's crazy. I'd be pissed. Dude, if I was like, yo, crazy. bro, let me copy your notes dude. and they just were like, hold on. Yeah, dude, or like people walking out of tests and being like, yeah, bro, like it was all about uh, you know, you know, battery. And you walk in and it's all about like negligence. Which so you is, like, can't fucking trust anyone. You can, dude. Like I've, I've, you know, you, you can trust people. You all know right, what I mean? Right. Well, that's good to hear. I trust. I, I love my roommates. I love, I love everyone at my school. So I've gotten very fortunate personally. So, but that's yeah, it's, dope. it's a different environment to say the least, you know, that's dope. So yeah, what's, what's next for you then? Another semester? <laughs> yeah, man. I got another semester right now. I'm kind of just at home working. How long till the bar? Two years? One year? Uh, you take it, uh, uh, yeah, two years, basically. So you take it uh, after your third year going in uh, mm. see what happens. So I'm pretty excited. Right now I'm just kind of chilling, taking this time, being home, you know, working, trying to. Yeah. Dude, that's another thing, dude. Law school textbooks, ridiculous. I thought undergrad ones were expensive. $1,200 a semester just for textbooks, dude. In law school. My mom still has all hers. They're, like, all lined up. They're yeah. just, like, full of fucking cases yeah, and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, like, they got, like, a little red spine. Yeah. And then it's, like, gold and black yeah, at the top. Yeah. And it says what it is. <laughs> yeah. Is that, like, the same? Are they still the same? Yeah. yeah they're change. All that changes is really, like, the cases and things like that in them. But they're, they're basically all the same. But, yeah, man. I'm just uh, – what's next right now is I'm just trying to figure out some stuff for summer. Um, You know, like I said, I'm really into – sports stuff the criminal justice stuff the government stuff is it so. possible to get into like you know like a government or a political position with something that has to do with like sports like is that a thing see it's, because sports in this country are like pretty privatized besides yeah. like olympic sports yeah so i mean like government no not so much but like you could be in um you know in uh like as a sports agent and focus on things like especially like I, i'm kind of gravitating towards it because like if you look at it now like players have so much autonomy like if you look at like the playoffs right in the bubble like when uh the occurrence happened in uh wisconsin and the bucks literally sat out that game like culture like 
you know, like current events and sports have so much intersection. Mm-hmm. And these players, they really do have such a big voice. You look at Kaepernick, LeBron, anyone, say what you want about them. You know, have your opinions. But they really do influence a lot of people. If mm-hmm. you look at like, um, dude, like, I forget how many polling places, but like the NBA and like the Lakers alone. They with paid Staples for Center, some, right? Dude, they, they opened like so yeah, many polling places I saw for that. people. Like, it's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. things like that. If I could somehow um, get involved in that, that would be like incredible. But it's hard to get Yeah, and I mean, and sports players nowadays have so, so many avenues yeah. to, for children. You know, whether I, I mean, as an agent, I'm assuming you deal with like sponsorships, contract yeah. negotiations, things like that. And like they're doing, I mean, fucking they're streaming in Twitch now. These <laughs> motherfuckers are like two sport athletes. Yeah. They're playing in the NBA or yeah. the NFL and then they're playing yeah. with esports professionals. Like yeah, it's crazy. Like they're doing so much shit that like, and I feel like it's just going to keep growing. Like they're oh, going to yeah. keep, you know soon everybody all these sports players are going to have their own merch which a lot of them already do but yeah. even on like a grander scale yeah. like they're gonna and i mean do agents kind of follow an athlete even after they're out of that professional spotlight because once you're in you know as a lebron james once the nba is over like the end of your career isn't over yeah. lebron james yeah. could do whatever the fuck yeah. he wants yeah. after so like i'm yeah. assuming he would still need an agent well, I mean, his particularly is like his uh, what's his name like Sean Paul or something from like he's like his high school friend. No, know. no, not Sean Paul. What the, what the hell is the guy's name? Isn't it? Don't they call him like Rich something? I don't, I don't know what his name is. I know what like, you're talking about. It's like one of his yeah, boys. Yeah, it's like like one all of his, of his boys, boys yeah. help him out, and now the yeah. dude manages like all yeah. of these athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just sick. But uh, like this is like this is a guy who's like he did not go to law school. He's just straight up like in the trenches, like learning this stuff getting his hands dirty like from the jump but uh awesome but uh i don't know i mean like i don't i think it's kind of like case by case basis because like a guy like lebron yeah he's gonna want like an agent down the line but like say you're just like a offensive lineman say you're, offensive <laughs> line, say you're like um fourth line fighter in the nhl say, say you're like steve <laughs> novak right like on the knicks like the three-point steve dude novak. back in the day right so like y- if you're steve novak's agent right he might not hire you as like a personal agent like post nba Mm -hmm. but like you have to set this guy up with the correct you know investments and you know like plans on spending his agents are like handling that too oh yeah they handle their finances and all that i didn't know that dude because think about it it takes it takes steve novak one wrong cut on the court and his career is over Mm -hmm. like what else is like it takes some of these guys who go to college for a year right have no degree takes one you know one wrong step your whole career is over so you gotta like like Johnny Manziel, someone like that, you know, like these guys, like, I mean, he comes from a lot of money. Dude, the shitload yeah, of money. like a lot of money. But like, <laughs> I think that kind of plays into his attitude once yeah. he got to the NFL. He's ridiculous, too. dude. That guy's ridiculous. I really think that played into his attitude. Oh, and like, dude, I'm not knocking him. He's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. But like, I saw him on a podcast the other day and he was just like, during the podcast, just like sitting there ripping cigs, Mike drinking Stud? beers. Like, Mike Studs? Wasn't Mike Studs? Yeah, it might have been Mike Studs. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. He's just like ripping bogues. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, dude. Yeah, he's shocked. What yeah. happened? Like, but I mean, like you said, family money. That's yeah. that fucking Texas money. I think mm-hmm. it's, I think it's from oil or something I'm not sure. too. Yeah. I, I just know he was, uh, he was committed to Oregon at first, and then he decommitted, went to A&M. I mean, he was, like, my favorite player in college. Dude, he was fucking nasty. Dude, he was insane. He was, and then he just... Got to his head, man. He he didn't prioritize right. You know. I hope it doesn't happen to Baker. 
Uh, I think Baker's got a better head on his shoulders. Yeah. Personally. But. I mean, that first year, he had me worried, though. Yeah. His rookie season, he really had yeah. me worried. He's on every commercial now, though. I mean. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> sick. It's sick. You see him on everything. That, yeah. like, Hulu commercial yeah. where he's got, like, the weird bodies <laughs> on him. Yeah. yeah. That shit's funny. But, yeah, damn, man. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize agents handled, like, finances and all that shit yeah. setting you up with like investment bankers probably and stuff like that well you know or like, uh, not investment bankers uh what the fuck are they called not an analyst either what the fuck is it called like uh like manage someone's money oh, like a financial advisor yeah there you go an yeah, advisor yeah, yeah. I fucking yeah. said every like, other financial position besides <laughs> you gotta, that yeah you just gotta be like you know it's like a very well-rounded thing i mean personally i don't know if i if i somehow end up down that avenue if i wanted if i'd want to be you know specializing in that because there's you know there's it's like, like for, a team probably yeah it's very team focused um however um i would definitely want to be on the back end of things with like uh you know some sort of like community like whether it's like sports camps whether it's you know uh you know doing things in inner cities whether it's um like i said earlier juju paying off uh you know twenty five thousand dollars worth of layaway christmas presents for people yeah, you know finding finding different avenues to to give back i think it's pretty cool yeah you know? especially this year that's a cool yeah, thing to do yeah. because no, it's, it's like some of these families i mean i feel bad like some of these families like there's no way they were able to fucking no afford stuff which mm-hmm. is just so unfortunate because no kid fucking needs that no 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 kid fucking needs no. that and it's just it sucks mm-hmm. and i was luckily i've been fortunate enough but like yeah good for them and i think who else used to do it somebody was it like chad johnson used to do it like every year do you remember that it, it was ocho cinco i think oh, it was, was it ocho yeah. cinco? i don't know he might have i think it was yeah. yeah he fucking used to go into like it would be like i think it was like back when like fucking toys r us was still a thing or maybe it was even like megatron one of those guys okay but yeah. like back when toys r us was a thing i remember every year there would be like a clip of him like awesome. running up like 80 fucking k yeah, that's awesome yeah yeah i think i think stuff like that's great honestly and to play a little role in that would be incredible fulfilling you know, yeah so. just sucks though because you gotta wonder some of these dudes not any of them but like there's definitely fucking assholes out there who do it as a pr stunt it's yeah. like these dudes that are like walking up to homeless people and they're like, here's a fucking yeah. 10 bands, bro. Like Let like me that. put this on TikTok. Yeah. Like, I don't like that. There's only one dude that I fuck with who does that uh, on TikTok. I can't remember his name. It's like Akka something, not academics. Fuck that dude. <laughs> but um, <laughs> TikTok's addicting, by the way. He, uh, he owns a gas station in Fresno, California. Oh, okay. And um, he started just like posting TikToks of the homeless people who would come in and mm. he would like be like, all right, I'm going to give you... 10 seconds to grab whatever you want in the store and he'd be like Wah, and Dude, count like mad that's slow awesome. and you'd let him get a bunch of stuff that's amazing so then he put his address in his in the bio and uh, a venmo link in uh, the bio and people started sending him money and packages and people started sending him so many packages that he had to like get a po box and shit wow. because he was getting so much shit and now like <sighs> Dude, one of the That's homeless amazing. guys is, like, somebody paid for him to, like, stay in a hotel for a month. Wow. So, like, another homeless dude, like, couldn't get a job because he didn't have an ID. Wow. He paid for him to get his ID. Like, someone got their That's bike amazing. stolen. And, like, the whole community in TikTok that follows him is always, like, they'll send, like, $100 in Venmo and be, like, give, you know, give a $20 lottery ticket to the next five people who come in here. <sighs> like, that's, like, one of the only dudes I respect because I'm, like, you're actually, like doing like you're not taking this for yourself and yeah. he rarely even like posts his own face in it Good. so That's it's amazing. like you're not taking this for yourself yeah, yeah. and i think he's from like jordan or oh, or really? like palace like somewhere out in the in the middle east and mm. like he's even posted tiktoks of like his family members over oh. there and he'll like send packages and money yeah. over there to give to people in the streets yeah. and like incredible. his cousins will send him the videos back that's and like that's like cool to see but yeah. then you have like some of these schmucks like 
They're just trying to get subscribers yeah. or followers, yeah. and it's just like, fuck you. Silly. Yeah, it's silly. Like, if you're going to do that, fucking yeah. just do it. Yeah. Don't fucking no, post exactly. it or any of them. I don't no. know. But then you got to wonder. Because remember, uh, remember when that fake homeless ring got busted in Hyde Park? No. Remember those dudes who used to stand by Stop and Shop where Duncan and Leclerc's is? No, I didn't know that. Dude, there were dude, and they used to wear like full camo and like pose as veterans, and then they like clapped, like the cops like arrested them because like somebody saw them like going back to like a house or something. Like like, they were like lying about it, bro. Dude, that's wild. That's wild. (laughs) Fucked up. You know, they're probably making like decent money. Like they had like, it was like five or six people who would just stand in different spots in like the High Park Poughkeepsie area. Bro, I, up in, uh, so going up to school, school in Syracuse right now. I, I mean, living in DC, it was very ironic actually. Like DC, I, I believe it's number one or number two for uh, homelessness per capita in the United States. Like, how ironic is that? The, the capital of the United States has the highest homeless population. Like, mm-hmm. like, like you look at like DC and then like a place like like Syracuse right now, man. Like, I didn't know like how high the homeless population was up there, and it's sad. Where man. in DC or Syracuse? Uh, both places. I mean, Syracuse, man. Like it's freezing up there, dude. Like, freezing, and like any chance I get, like I'm trying to help some people. You know, like mm. I, I, I like a couple blankets, and yeah, even if like you don't know what they're gonna yeah, do dude, with it, nah, like I still, yeah. you know, most people aren't just chilling nah. out on the street for dude, no reason. There is a saying. Um, where was it? It was uh, I heard it. It was like uh. About like, uh, like giving you know whether it's money, food, whatever, uh, to someone that's homeless. Like, what you do with whether you decide to give someone that's less fortunate than you, like homeless or anything like that, says something about you. What they do with it says something about them. Yeah, so, right. You know what I mean. So, and a lot of times, like, because I've seen videos of it, these like homeless people, they. You give them money or food, like, they'll share it with, like, the person next to them or another homeless dude or, like, you know, it's even, like, you go on YouTube, you can find these social experiments of people, like, being, like, sitting next to a homeless person and being, like, what, like, how am I going to pay for this surgery, blah, 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 and, like, the homeless dude will pull out, like, their last, like, five, ten bucks and be, like, here, take this if it helps. Like, a lot of those people, man, like, they don't want to be out there, whether it's, you know, bad luck, addiction, mental health is a huge one that people just like overlook it's like a lot of these people are like not right mentally whether it's like schizophrenic bipolar like they got whether it's you know maybe they od'd their brain's never been right since like there's a lot of that that goes on too where it's like it's just fucking shitty because you know these people can't do anything and i i hate to bring it back to uh, you know politics and all that but like what i've learned is something that's interesting is like politics like being on the inside it really does overlap with all these things whether it's you know mental health you know housing um you know like medical expenses things like that like foreclosures bankruptcies like why are these people out there i think like politics has shown me like being in there really overlaps and like you can affect like make real change like whether that change gets done Mm. is up for interpretation but uh yeah it's it's interesting man it really is so yeah, and then, like, I can only imagine what it's like in, like, San Francisco. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Like, that, where they have, like, those, high. like, literally, like, I guess the only thing I could call them is, like, a skid row, like, ghetto yeah. type. Yeah, yeah. Of just, like, tents. Like, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I, uh, kind of going back to that, um, when I worked in the state senate for, uh, Senator, uh, Giannaris, uh, 
I don't know if you remember at the time, like uh, Jeff Bezos, like wanted to move in like a Amazon uh, headquarters to to New York City. Oh, I fucking remember that. Yeah, so it Everyone actually was wilding out. Yeah, so <laughs> it actually was supposed to be in uh, Long Island City. That's my senator's district, and he had like the ultimate say on uh, whether he would approve it or not. And they wanted like a five billion dollar tax break. Like the richest guy who didn't pay a single dollar in federal income taxes. Yo, you know these motherfuckers money. still claim themselves as a startup so they yeah. don't have to pay as much in taxes? Dude. How dude. the fuck are you like the richest man in the dude. country and you're still a startup? Dude, his wife divorced him and the second she signed the paper, she became the richest woman in the world. <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude, he treats his workers. she's got more money than the queen? Bro, yeah. He won't let his workers unionize. They don't get pee breaks. They have to pee in bottles. Oh, I know. On the job. I got boys who work in the in some of the warehouses around here. Bro, like you you hear like so like he got like the buzz collars and shit that bro. people have to wear he promised bro he promised like a average starting salary of like 115 right in uh long island city right so he promises but what people don't realize is billy down the street in high school the 16 year old isn't gonna get this job bro he's flying in people from silicon valley and they're all gonna take those jobs they're gonna come in dude just from speculation of amazon coming into long island city raised real estate prices 20 percent what happens then? All your mom and pops, all those Greek people in Astoria and surrounding boroughs that have lived there for so long, they can't... Dude, the local coffee shop down the road, you can't pay your rent anymore. Dude, I don't fucking... I'm, Starbucks I'm going to be in. honest, until until this Christmas, just because of COVID, um, I probably purchased things online maybe 30 times in my life. Yeah, it's and and you know Amazon was less than half of that, and yeah. then because of Christmas and stuff, obviously I had to use Amazon yeah. for some of the podcast equipment. I yeah. used Amazon just because it was yeah. the cheapest option. Yeah. But like, I try to not use Amazon when I can. Yeah. I try to shop local when yeah. I can. I try to, you know, even if it's like a fucking Best Buy or Stop yeah. and Shop in the community, I'd yeah. rather put my money into that yeah. than yeah, put dude. it into like yeah. Amazon's corporate, especially with like. Just the scheminess. Like, look, I'm all for tax breaks. I'm all for that kind of thing. But, like, there's too many loopholes. There's too many, like, oh, I'm going to put this. I'm going to donate all of my all of my money to this fucking foundation, which in reality is just, like, a shell foundation yeah. for a lobbying group. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, like... Dude. Really? Like if I if I can my dumbass can recognize that with like the three two GPA I had and nobody else can see this, I'm like, what the fuck? Dude, that's where lobbying comes back into politics. So like like it, it literally boggles people's minds. Like, how does Jeff Bezos, this guy worth so much damn money, not pay a single dollar in federal income taxes, instead wants a tax break of five billion dollars from the taxpayers of Long Island City? It's like, how does this happen? It's like well, it's kind of obvious how it happens. The people that are writing these laws that give these people these tax breaks are the people being, their campaigns and their livelihoods are being funded by such big corporations. And they're insider trading. It's, <laughs> there's a lot of that up in uh, Western New York, actually. One of the uh, congressmen, Chris Collins, did you see any of that? Mm -hmm. yeah, he was like I, don't, I don't doubt it, bro. Yeah, remember what happened in the beginning stuff. of COVID? Yeah, bro, it was crazy. But, I, you know, and... There is something to be said for Bezos not paying a lot in taxes, and I think this is something people don't realize, is a lot of these rich people, you know, not to defend them, but a lot of these rich people, when you see their net worth, that's not the money in their bank. That's not how much money they made that year. You got to realize that a lot of these guys, a lot of their assets are, st are tied up in, st in the stock yeah. of their company, yeah. and 
they first of all there's laws in place where a ceo can't just sell off all of their stock and if they do it has to be announced publicly elon musk with the false so, projections yeah so then what happens is if jeff bezos were to sell off all of his stock so he could pay taxes and and also obviously tax or uh, stock is taxed very differently i'm pretty sure if he were to hold on to it when he would sell it it would be long-term capital gains at that point mm -hmm. but you know if he were to announce that he's selling all his stock it would cause mass panic in the market and it it truly could collapse our economy yeah. so it's hard because there's like a, a like a like a dichotomy to it yeah. of like well he's finessing the system but mm -hmm. also he can't just because his you know net worth is whatever fucking billions of dollars it is yeah. at this point <laughs> yeah. I'm sure amazon stock is going up right now if we were to check the ticker yeah. um he can't just, you know, throw out all that money to pay taxes because a lot of it's tied up and then it, yes, it could truly collapse the economy. Yeah. Like if Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Bill Gates were to sell all of their stock in their own company, it could literally, especially Amazon, it could like truly alone just collapse the economy, which is which is what sucks. One thing, one, th one big problem I have with Amazon is that like if you look at um like their business model it's <laughs> really corrupt like what they do is like say you're like say, you know like etsy is very like i'm gonna make my own bracelets on etsy and sell them right mm -hmm. so the, like amazon c could have and was like that for a long time but what jeff bezos and amazon would do so like say i make like my own apple watch band right mm -hmm. i make it at home i'm a mom and pop i sell it for five bucks on amazon what jeff bezos would do and it's kind of how he got Monopoly, is he would make the exact same one, sell it for three bucks, make your business go out of business, and then he would rise up and just have the whole market to himself, which uh, is just it's corrupt. A, it, it's a, it truly is a monopoly. Yeah, it's it's a. Whole I mean, the monopoly. man started off selling fucking books. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how we got here. Like, I remember my dad ordering books off of Amazon yeah. when it was just a fucking bookstore, yeah. and now it's like. It went from Jeff Bezos having a fucking piece of plywood with four two by fours yeah. for desk uh, for desk legs and a fucking banner written in shitty spray paint <laughs> that said Amazon yeah. to now he's like, yeah. what the fuck is his name in Batman or Superman Lex Luthor or whatever? <laughs> like it's just like what the fuck? Yeah, dude, it's crazy. It's he's crazy making like his own robot suits now yeah. and shit. I'm like, yeah. what is going Jeff on Bezos with this got, dude? I'm not a big fan of that guy. Yeah, you know what's even scarier though is that there's people even richer than him. I saw this video, one of those things on YouTube where they talk to like, you know, it's like, oh, we talked to a lawyer about this and that, or, oh, we talked to a financial analyst about this. So it was talking to a, a financial advisor who dealt with high value, like super high value clients from around the world who mm -hmm. like, and he was like talking about how he's seen bank accounts that have more money in them than Jeff Bezos' net worth. Like and like I said, like those billions of dollars you see yeah, as yeah. Jeff Bezos' net worth, I think something crazy like 70% of Jeff Bezos' net worth is tied up in stock. Yeah. Like there's people in the world who aren't public figures yeah. so they don't have to announce their yeah. wealth who literally have Jeff Bezos' net worth money in liquid fucking yeah. cash, which is yeah, Obs like big oil, big oil guys and things yeah, like that. I mean, that a lot of them too are probably like probably like like you know like in saudi arabia where they still have like the mm -hmm. princes and all those yeah, kinds of things yeah. like and like think about dubai like yeah. fucking 20 years ago dubai yeah, looks like that fucking planet in star wars that luke skywalker was on <laughs> they got lambo police cars yeah now they have fucking lambo police cars and like the most crazy buildings in the world because they wow. found oil like yeah. there's gotta yeah. be some people with yeah. stupid money there. it's crazy it's crazy and i mean i don't 
I don't know how tax laws work in Saudi Arabia, but like who the fuck knows if they even like pay taxes or anything like that. Like, uh, yeah, I'm not sure how that works. Dude. Other countries, yeah, like the fucking queen. Like, I bet you the queen don't pay taxes. <laughs> Her schemey ass. Uh, so, yeah, man. I mean, I think this is a good good spot to wrap it up. Uh, you know, is there anything you wanna you wanna tell everybody? Any any words of advice, words, words of, of wisdom advice. you got for the people? Ah, uh, jeez, um, dude, I don't know, man. Just do what you do what you love. Uh, it's corny, but you know, don't. Do something that you're going to lay your head down at night and be, you know, be happy about. You know, I've watched some of your other ones where, uh, you know, you explain what you want to do to your parents and like they were, I forget, like, were they for it or like kind of like. My dad, so with what I do, so my dad didn't really give a fuck. He was like, you might as well go for it. You're young enough that if you fucking are dirt poor because you aren't making enough money, at least you can bounce back from it. And my mom was like, no. Go go to get a real job. Insurance, four hundred one k, blah blah blah. Like no. you know, but like like me and Matt Stu were talking about when he was on. Like yeah. from mothers, like that's more of a thing of like, not that they don't think that you can do it. It's more so that they just want like the best for you immediately. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I never took it as my mom didn't think I could do it. Mm-hmm. I always took it as like. She just wants what's best for me. And yeah. and I mean, truly, there's times where, you know, my girlfriend's asleep and I'm awake at night being like, I'm still not making as much money as I want to. Like, uh, I fucked this up for a client. Is this really for me? Like, uh, I don't know how good this podcast is going to do, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Because, yeah. you know, I've put money into this podcast. I bought good equipment. I put money into my own business. And it is a scary thing. Yeah, I'm no, not going to lie. And, and I mean, yeah. I don't tell my parents a lot of, a lot of the, the stuff, but you know, there are times where I'm like, what the fuck? But at the end of the day, then I'm like, well, I could be making a stable income and have a 401k and all that. But there's also ways where I can set myself up for a future now. Like I opened a Roth IRA. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you know, in the long run, if this business is successful and if my marketing business is successful, my podcast is successful, you know, that opens up avenues, you know, my podcast becomes successful somehow that opens up an avenue to get more into content creation, whether it's YouTube or, you know, Mm -hmm. doing, making Planet Creative a holding company essentially for all these other podcasts, you know, kind of like a media company. So it's like, for me, it's always thinking of terms, uh, it's a it's a marathon yeah, at the end of the day it. it's it. not a sprint like yeah. you know i could have gotten a job in marketing and been making around what i make now or maybe even more but like i don't want to be locked in that nah. nine to five nah. i you know there's nah. days i wake up and i'm like ah, i got all my my work done for the week let me just check my emails get my social media posts ready for my clients and then hannah what do you want to do with the day you yeah. know and like yeah. i'll take that any day while making less money than like being locked into a nine to five where my boss could easily be like, I need you to stay four extra hours today and I'll see you tomorrow at seven o'clock. Like, you know, and and to me, like at the end of the day, I don't think people realize how many ways there are to make fucking money. And like, this may sound fucking Gary V esque as annoying as Gary (laughs) V can be sometimes. And I love Gary V too, but he can be fucking annoying sometimes. (laughs) Um, you know, you there's so many ways to make money. Yeah, whether it's fucking stocks, uh, fucking TikTok, social media, affiliate marketing, 
fucking flipping things, Flip buying sneakers cards. and flipping them. Yeah, yeah man. sports cards, sneakerhead days, like anything now. Yeah. Like there are so many ways to make money, and I feel like people just don't realize that. I mean, and passive income, vending machines, yeah. ATM machines, and like there's little things like that that people don't don't think about yeah. that you can do. And I'm not saying fucking or like you said, Etsy. Etsy I'm not man. saying quit your fucking job, nah. but like if you can find a way to start a side hustle build it into a brand mm-hmm. quit your day job and now you're on your own time and i'm not saying that there's not you know some days i'm up you know i hang out with my girlfriend we eat dinner she goes to bed i come out here to my laptop or, or computer and i work till two three in the yeah. morning yeah and you know there's some days where i get up at five six in the morning to get some yeah. work done but like i'm happy so yeah, it's like you exactly. said like if you're fucking happy like who gives a fuck yeah. who gives a fuck about yeah. the money because at the end of the day like Money's helpful. Money's a tool. Yeah. Money can bring you happiness, but it's not going to bring you long-term nah. happiness. Nah. It's really not. Like, yeah, like, and I'm not saying, that, you know, I'm not saying that, like, being poor is going to make you fucking happy over having a good job because, obviously, that comes with a lot of challenges and struggles. But, like, having money at fucking 23 years old, like, it, I, there's, to me, I'd rather have, I'd rather would have not even peaked yet. Like I'd rather peak when I'm fucking yeah. 35 yeah. Yeah. than fucking yeah. peak now. Why would I yeah. want to peak in high school, nah. college or my 20s? Nah. And then like like that's it. Nah. I have I have friends already who kind of peaked in yeah. high school or college yeah, and now tough. they're fucking miserable. It's tough, I know. And man. it's like I would never want to do that. Nah. So like I'm happy and it's like you you sound happy with what you do. I don't know how. I'm pretty happy. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> but <laughs> you just got at the end of the day you, you really have to bet on yourself, you know. Uh, yep. Fortunate to have parents that have really instilled that in me and supported me with, you know, whatever I want to do. But you know, bet on yourself. Drink a lot of water. Drink some cold brew and listen to a lot of some Mac- ready coffee cold brew. That listen shit. to Mac Miller, baby. Yeah. R.I.P. For real. That ass. But yeah, I mean, you want to shout out your socials? Shout out anyone sure. you know? Shout out Syracuse Law. Like, <laughs> <laughs> go orange. Uh, yeah. Uh. Uh, social media, uh, Peyton Sor- at Peyton Sorcy, P-A-Y-T-O-N-S-O-R-C-I. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, man, that's about it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Thank, thank you. you for coming on. We've been trying to yeah, trying to get this one done yeah. for a while, and I was, uh, I'm was i excited. And, Good time. You know, I know we talked about politics a bit. I hope that didn't uh, upset anybody because I know there's just a lot of bullshit going around around right. it. But at the end of the day, it's important to talk about yeah, it, I bro. think. I think you brought up some fucking good points. I'm happy I had you on. Uh, Appreciate it. I hope your next semester of law school goes well and nobody gives you some fucking <laughs> fucked up notes because that be, would suck. <laughs> Pray for me. My head yeah, will be I hope you t- get that internship too. Thanks, bro. I we'll, hope you get we'll it. We'll see. We'll see. There's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, I got to. I mean, bro, you worked for Governor Cuomo and you worked in D.C. Like, I'm sure <laughs> nah. you'll get this fucking agency internship. We'll see. We'll see. Thank I you, though, man. I hope you do. And I... I mean, I know you're going to do something big. You too, bro. For sure. Believe in you. So, uh, but, you know, thanks for listening, guys. You know where to find us on Instagram, at Planet Creative Podcast. YouTube, at Planet Creative Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, whatever you got to do. Um, yeah, that's it. Thanks for watching, guys, and we'll, we'll see you next time.